Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Well, uh, so here I am. We've got this wonderful new series about the coastlands bringing new life. Now, there's one or two things that went on in the preparation of this sermon, you see. Either I'm getting old and hard of hearing, Birmingham accent coming on. Because when, when I first got the topic, I thought we were talking about, sure. And I'm thinking, sure? What's that got to do with the vision of the church? And then I realised that what they really meant was share. Always give me free reign. Oh, we could do Mamma Mia 2 all over again, couldn't we, guys? No, no, let's not do that. (laughs) So we're looking at our vision, aren't we? We're looking at what God's calling us to do as a church, the way forward. And this is a big vision. I don't know if you've grasped it yet, but it is big. We're not talking about just a few houses around this building. We're not even talking about... Tankerton or South Tankerton or, or maybe even getting into Swalcliffe or um, maybe even getting in and impacting Whitstable. We're talking about the coastlands. That's a long stretch. There's a lot of people. How many people do you think live within this vision that God has given us as a church? Anybody like to guess? Anybody done the research? Wow. Sorry? Oh, no. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, we're talking over 100,000 people that God is calling us to reach. And we're called to do that together. We're called to do that as we gather together. We're called to do that as we worship together. As we break bread and we share the Lord's meal, we're called to do it as we listen to God's word. We're called to do it as we share testimonies with one another about what God is doing in our lives. We're called to do it as we gather together to experience the very presence of the living God through the Holy Spirit. And when we gather together, we come to encourage one another, don't we? And to celebrate, to build one another up, and to say, God is good. And we have good news for the coastlands of Kent. And we want to take that good news. Today is a day when we come and celebrate together. We laugh with those that laugh. But we also weep with those that weep. And I know for one family in our church today is a day where they do weep because they lost a child a few years ago on this very day. And I remember it well. But we were a church family and we gathered together and we gathered together and we prayed and we cried and we worshipped. 
And we thank God for a life that was cut short. But we were family. We were family together on that day. And God was in our midst. And he showed us comfort and grace and love on that day. So today I want to remember Craig and Becca Newling um, as they remember their loss of their son Barnabas. Let's just stop for a moment and pray for them, shall we? Father, we pray for them now, Lord, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, that your comfort will be with them afresh today as they remember this day. And we remember Barnabas and we give you thanks for him, Lord. He was such a lovely lad. So we pray your blessing upon him now, in Jesus' name. So we come together as family. But we're also called, we're also called to be scattered. To go and share Jesus. Because when we've encountered Jesus, we have experienced a change within us. And it's a change that should be real, it should be deep, it's transformational, it touches every area of our lives, and it's something that we want to do to share with others. And what we're sharing is the fact that we have come together as God's people around the person of Jesus. Jesus is the centre of all that we do. Jesus is the centre of the good news. We grow in grace together and we want to share that grace with others. Do you know that God's put you in this church so that you can have some edges rubbed off you? Did you know that? The very people that are around you are edge rubbers, okay? They're there to to deal with those little bits that God wants to change. So they come with their hammers and their chisels and they just chip away at you, growing you in patience and love and grace and forgiveness. Are you enjoying that experience of God's family? Yeah, I can tell. You see, we are family. And guess what? We're not perfect. If you think you've come and joined a perfect family, well, the very fact that you've joined it means we're now less perfect than we were before. (laughs) Because we're a gathering of imperfect people. But we're united around the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I always try to remember whenever things go on in church, and you know we get those little waves that come along every now and again that kind of makes the boat bounce around a bit. I always remember that what actually unites us is always greater than the things that could divide us. And for me, I always value relationship over being right. Oh, it's so easy to be right, isn't it? It's so easy to take up your righteous stand and say, I'm right, and you're wrong. But you know, when we call to love one another and to bear with one another, what God says to us is actually, it's more important that you love people than to be right. So, that's good, isn't it? 
But we're also called to be scattered, to go into the community, to go into our workplaces, to go into our schools and colleges, wherever God has sent us to take the good news that God loves us, that God is real, that Jesus Christ came to die upon the cross so that we might enter into a relationship with God. And God has expressed that love so freely and we can take that love that he offers us. It's life-changing. And we want to tell people that God loves every person on this planet. Now that's hard for us perhaps to hear when we've heard some of the things that have gone on in the news over the last few weeks. But God loves every person on this planet. And he's not wanting that anybody should be lost and not enjoy the goodness of who he is. And it's great news. Why wouldn't we want to go out and share the news that God loves us and loves the people that we're talking to, that we're meeting up with, that God puts across our path each and every day? So we're called to be scattered out there in the community, being light and salt, just bringing people. You know what? You are infectors. Do you know that? You're a virus for God. You are a virus for God. You're taking God's love out there and saying, I'm going to infect my friends, my family, with God's love. Because that's who you are. That's who you're called to be. Now, if we go back to the very beginning of the early days of the church, it kind of exploded on that day of Pentecost. And 3,000 people became followers of Jesus Christ in one day. We're told in Acts 2 that the new Christians, but they weren't called that at that time, but they gathered together, the new believers gathered together <coughs> to be taught, to have fellowship. Now, what does fellowship mean? Okay, oh, anybody know what fellowship means? It's a lovely Christian word that we fling around all over the place. Why is it fellowship and not ladyship? I don't know. Um, why, what is it? Well, basically, it means doing life together. Sharing your life with other people. And that as God's people, we share life with one another. So they gather together to do life together, to break bread and to pray. And God was with them and God was blessing them. And the presence of God was real. And the kingdom of God was breaking out. And many things happened in their midst. People were healed. Miracles happened. There were signs and wonders. God showed up and it was simply amazing. There was another radical change that was going on. People were less selfish. There was a Holy Spirit inspired generosity. Those that had gave to those in need. Now, it's very easy for us to read those words and not really understand what was actually going on. It was immensely and incredibly radical. Social barriers were being broken down. Economic barriers were coming down because the Holy Spirit was breaking out. Rich and poor worshipped together. 
Slaves and free came together around the communion table. They shared bread with one another and they celebrated the Lord Jesus Christ together. Paul puts it this way. There's no longer Jew or Gentile. Men or women, slave or free, that you're all one in Christ Jesus. There is a oneness about being part of God's family, that we're one together. And that's who we're called to be. They shared their homes with people. They went and spoke to people that they'd never spoken to before. They welcomed people into their homes. Women were filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Equality was breaking out in the church. And then we spent the next 1,800 years undoing all that. But God's moving. There was a deep sense of Holy Spirit joy. And the whole community was marked with this generosity that was infectious. It meant that they shared meals together. It meant that some people had some land or stuff that they didn't need went and sold it and bought the proceeds so that they could bless people who were less well off. Generosity was a mark of the early church. And generosity opens doors. It creates a platform for relationship. It creates an opportunity to show we care. And part of our vision for this church is to be a generous church. To bless people with what God has given us. We want to bless the community with this facility that God's given us. We don't want to just keep it to ourselves and say, you know, we're going to lock the doors. We're just going to stay in here. We're going to hide out. We're going to kind of be fortress mentality. But we're not going to do that. We want to be outrageously generous. So that so people will say, hey, that Riverside Church, you know, the one over on the Thanet Way, they are an amazing, generous church. Do you know what? I've heard something about that church. This is what they've done. This is how they've blessed the community. This is how they've blessed those that are less well off. On Monday, I was in reception, and a young woman came in. Her pushchair had broken, and she was asking, did we have one? From the Grow Baby Project? And the answer was yes, of course. Come and have a look. Take your pick. We have a number for you to choose from. And that's part of us taking Jesus to the community. And when we're generous, when we give away what God has given us, then it creates that platform for us to be able to tell people about the goodness and the kindness of God. And when we're generous, then we're attractive. Do you know that? You are attractive when you're generous. So we're called to express our generosity to people around the coastal towns. Well, how are we doing? Well, our budgeted income to tithe is of the order of £200,000. Now that is, includes the money that you give through whatever means you give to the church, whether you do it through the bank or through the offering or whatever. And it is some of our business income that we've added in there 
so that we are looking to give away 10% of that. Now, I've got to be careful here because the person in charge of this part of our ministry is Keeley. Okay. And I have to have the lock and the key, okay, because she is so outrageously generous that, um, you know, I'm, I, I think we sell close to bank. No, we don't. No, not at all. But she's incredibly generous. And she's infecting us with that spirit of generosity. We budgeted to give away more than the 10%. I've got to be honest, that's a little bit of catch-up from the previous year when a number of ministries stopped and we didn't quite hit our 10% target, so there was a bit of a carryover. But that doesn't include the money that we've already pledged to dream the impossible, which is another £10,000, plus another chunk of money. We're probably heading up towards the £15,000, kind of what you've given as a church. But we're giving away to the Schools Trust in Canterbury. We're giving away to Haven, the charity that helps, that we're part of, that helps the homeless. We're giving away to the Missionary Aviation Fellowship and to Open Doors, who support and minister to the persecuted church. We're giving money to Romania to help build houses for the very poor. We are into giving out £100 to each small group so they can multiply it <coughs> to £900. Brilliant effort there. We give money to street pastors who take the presence of God out onto our streets every week. We give money to the Vineyard Church movement and we give money to wildfires and we give money away left, right and centre. That's only the stuff that we plan to give away. There's always things that we're giving away. And on top of that, some people have been paying into a welfare fund and we've given about £2,500 of that away in the last month or so. Because we want to bless people. We want to be generous. We want to be known for our generosity. And when we're known for our generosity, then people will stop and listen. And they will hear what you have to say about who God is. Now Jesus, I've got to cross the time. Jesus taught in parables. And he taught about things that people could relate to. Big agricultural community, so he talks about sowing and reaping and all those kinds of things. And you know, one of the stories he told was the parable of the sower. And you know the story, the guy goes out and he's got seeds and he's scattering all over the place and he's throwing it across the field. And Jesus says there are a number of soils and, you know, we talk about those soils and we preach on those soils. But I don't want to preach on that today. I want to talk about the outcomes. Because... There were different outcomes from the sowing of the seed. There wasn't a uniform 100% return. And I think that means that what Jesus is saying is actually, you're all different. You're all called to be fruitful. You're all called to be generous. You're all called to use whatever it is that God has given you. Whatever God has sown into your life, you're called to give it. But we're not all the same. Did you notice that? We got different levels of resources. We got gift and different gifts and talents. Some have a lot more than others. Some have more hair gene than others. You can tell, can't you? Some have the handsome gene. Well, that makes up for my lack of hair gene. Okay? Because I've got the handsome gene. Out shadow of a doubt. Come and see me afterwards if you disagree. 
You get the picture. You know, some of us have more financial resources than others. But, you know, first, generosity, first and foremost, is a heart thing. It's not about what it is you have or what it is you can give. It's about what goes on in your heart to be generous. You know, it comes easier to some people than others. Now, sharing's not easy. Have you noticed that? You know, when we have our children and you were little, one of the lessons you had to learn, and you hated it, was you had to share with that other child. Maybe a brother or sister or somebody else in your playgroup. Somebody came along one day and took that thing that you were playing with and gave it to somebody else. How did you feel? Some of you had a paddy, I can tell. (laughs) And we have to learn that we can't have and hold on to things. We have to learn to share. And we have to learn to share generously. Now, we can't all be amazing givers. But sacrificial generosity takes the excess that we have, and it's that excess that we want to continue to have, but knows that we're called to give it away to bless a program, a person, whatever it is. You see, we're all destined to be fruitful and to bear fruit, but the Lord of the harvest determines whether you are a 30% person, a 60% person, or a 100% person. And God loves every person. So if you're only a 30% person, you're just as much loved as the person who can yield 100%. One day Jesus is sitting and he's watching rich people come and make a big fuss about how much they're putting in the offering. And he watches this poor woman, this poor widow, who comes and puts a couple of pennies in and he says, that's the biggest offering of the day. That's the biggest offering of the day. But I have to say, just to balance this up, to those who have been given much, much is expected. So we need to give out of what it is that we have. You're never called to give out of what you don't have. But we're always called to be generous with what God has given us. And you've already mentioned it, Malcolm, the the parable of the talents. You see, again, Jesus is pointing out the fact that we're not all the same. Some people have got more gifts and more talents. But the one thing he says you mustn't do is not use what God has given you. You mustn't go and bury it or just not use it. If God has given you a talent, God has given you a gift, God has given you resources, what he expects is you to use it for the kingdom. And one guy, he's only got a little and he's so afraid of losing what little he has, he goes and buries it in the ground. And the master comes along and says, you're a bad man, you're a bad person. You should have used it. You should have risked it. You know... When you put your resources in the ground, your money in the ground, it doesn't turn into a money tree. Have you noticed that? It gets wasted. There's no return. But Jesus said, whatever the little you have, use it. And when we hold back from being generous, it could be for a number of reasons. It could be we're just plain selfish. Have you noticed? Plain selfish people. Don't say that. (laughs) 
you'll get into so much trouble. Um, <laughs> we could also be fearful because we think that God doesn't love us and God won't be look after us <clears throat> and we hold on to what we have because we're afraid God isn't going to provide for us tomorrow or in the future. But God says, look, I'm looking after you. I know what you need. I know what you need today and I know what you need tomorrow. I'm always going to be there for you. Generous people don't judge. They don't contemn. They forgive and go on forgiving. They're outrageous with the grace that God has given them. Because what God's grace is to us is outrageous. Have you noticed that judgmental people are mean? They're grasping, quick to condemn, and forgiveness, well, forget about that. And God says, look at your heart. What is it that's in your heart? Is it a spirit of generosity? Because that's what he's calling us to, to share what he has given us. We get our coffee. It comes in a big tin thing. But the big tin thing doesn't fit in the cupboard easily. So we have a jar, okay? So every now and again, you have to fill up the jar with the coffee stuff, okay? You spoon it in. And when it looks as if it's coming to the top... What you can do is you can just bang it on the, t- on the thing and it all goes down because the air comes out. So you can put some more in. And what Jesus says, look, I want to bless you. The, the measure you give will be the measure you receive. The more generous you are, the more you're going to know of my love and my grace and my blessing. And it's going to be overflowing. It's just going to pour in. And it's like that coffee dryer. You can shake it down and put more in. And you can keep pouring more in. You know, whenever we give to God, we're never, ever, he's never, ever going to be in our debt. Because God says, I will bless you in abundance. And we want to sow into God's vision for the coastlands. We want to give away our resources. We want to be generous. We want to do amazing stuff for God. Well, we've just taken that offering up for Dream the Impossible. And that's because we want to bless. And I believe that's part of why Simon and Keely were called to this church, to help us grow young. And that's why we're calling Jake. Gosh, 22 years old and what confidence that guy's got. And what an amazing blessing he's going to be to this church. Can't wait to see him get in, stuck in, and seeing the move into the generations that are to come. And I've seen it time and time again. I've been in this church a long time. But every time when we've come up against something and the choice is, do we invest? Do we put out the money? Even if we're not sure we've got it all, what should we do? Whenever we have sown money where it be people, God has blessed and there has been growth. And he will do it again. And the kingdom advances. And God will pour out a good measure over this church and he will bless this church and we will see people coming to this church and we will see people coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We will see the kingdom advance. We will see miracles. We will just see the spirit break out. There's a lot that God has got planned and is going to do. Oh, need to go on. Oh, 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 we're going to run out of time, Keely. I'm not going to make it. Right, feeding of the 5,000. You see, Jesus was doing a bit of teaching and they'd been there all day. Now, the good thing is the disciples were actually 
awake enough to spot there was a need. People are hungry. They needed food. And they came up with a solution that said, send them away. Just send them out there because they can go and buy their own food and they can feed themselves and then that kind of just absolves us from any responsibility of looking after this, after, after these people. But you see, there's a spiritual side to this because people are hungry in the coastlands. People are hungry for God. People are wanting to hear from God. People have a hunger in their hearts for something that's eternal, that's satisfying. People are trying this and that. They're looking here, they're looking there. They're looking at social media. They're looking everywhere. And yet they're not satisfied. They're still hungry. And we could say, well, send them away. But Jesus, you know, I I love Jesus. And I think the disciples must have thought, what's he going to do now? Because he turns around and he says to them, you know what? You feed them. And what do you think they felt? How are we going to do that? How on earth are we going to do that? How is this going to work, Jesus? We've got 5,000 people here, and you're saying to us, feed them. We haven't got two brass farthings to rub together. How are we going to feed the 5,000? You know what, we can look at that 100,000 plus people in the coastlands and we can think, how on earth are we going to reach out to all those people? We can have a disciple moment. And you know what Jesus will say to us? Exactly the same as he said to the disciples back then is, you feed them. You take the good news. You take your stories. You go and share it with people. And Jesus said, well, what have you got? And they kind of, you know, <laughs> search around, going through them. Well, I don't know. Did you bring anything, Jake? No, I didn't bring anything. Did you? No, no, I didn't bring any. Oh, we've got a little lad here, and he's got a few fish and a few loaves. And Jesus said, that'll do. That's enough. And he blesses it. And then disciples get this amazing privilege of taking this stuff that is so small and so few that Jesus had blessed And they start taking it and they start sharing it and it doesn't stop. And they keep sharing it and they keep sharing it and they keep giving it out until the last person is fed. And that's when it stops. You see, as we give stuff away, God multiplies it and uses it. And we've got to give stuff away. There are people out there that are hungry And they need to know the good news, that God loves them. We can meet in this place. We can get people come to this place. They can find out what an amazing thing that God has done in this place. But the most of all, we've got to give away our stories. (coughs) We've got to give away our experiences of how good God is. And we need to release the kingdom power that says God will heal and restore and bless and do amazing things. Because he's real and we can do that. Camera, action, quick, turn the lights down. We're not going to make it, but we're struggling to get to the end. Oh, what's that you got there? Hmm? Oh, 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 Colonel Jack and the Crack Commandos Tasty Flavoured Wheat Things. Colonel Jack and the Crack Commandos Tasty Flavoured Wheat Things. Yeah, I love those things. They're, they're cool, oh, Rooney. 
Toby. Well, Jesus, Colonel Jack says if if I want to be a man of action like him, I at least need to eat one box of wheat things a week. I just have to eat, Jesus. It's Colonel's orders. Hmm. Well, if you could spare just one, I'll show you something really cool. Just one? Yep. Even cooler than wheat things? Hmm. Yep. Well, okay. But just one. Watch. So, what's it supposed to do? Nothing. It's just a bit of grain in the ground. But... If we bury it and give it some love and some time <laughs> and some more time and maybe a little bit more time. in your love. Well, you'll have it forever. Real and eternal. Oh, wasn't that good? Should have changed that for the kids, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we hold on to life, we lose it. There's a story of the monkey that they catch monkeys because they put stuff in a jar. Food in a jar. And the monkey puts his hand in and grasps the food, but then he can't get his hand out of the jar. And he gets caught. He gets captured. God says, take the little that I've given you and give it back to me. Sow it. Sow it generously. Sow it with a heart that's full of generosity, a heart that's full of love. 
You see, when we make a decision, learning to be generous can be a journey. We start making a decision to be generous. And it becomes a life choice. And if we keep doing it enough, it becomes a lifestyle. And that's what God calls us to. And when we encounter Jesus, he changes everything. He changes the way we manage our money, manage our time, manage our resources. The challenge today is, apart from going to get your children, because you're supposed to be slow hand-clapping me at the moment. (laughs) But seek God about what it is that he's calling you to give away, to sow into something. It might be money. Might not. Might be time. Might not. Might be using your home. Inviting people around for a meal. Get the neighbours in. Jesus said, invite the people that can't invite you back. So don't just invite your friends. Invite the people that can't. If you've got more than you need, give it away. Jesus said, you've got two coats. You don't need two coats. Give one away. The Haven Project would like a coat or two. Give it away. Go to your wardrobe. Open your wardrobe. And look at how much stuff you've got in that wardrobe. (laughs) Yeah, I can see. And start saying, I can give some of this away. What's in your loft that sat there for the last 10 years? Give it away. What's in your garage that you don't need and you don't use? Give it away. It's not doing anything. It's not blessing you, but it could bless so many other people. But most of all, give away your story. Give away your testimony. Tell people how good God is and how good he's been to you. And then just see, over time, as you sow the seeds of your testimony into other people's lives, you will see fruit. You will see an increase. We will see growth. We will see the kingdom come. We will see God move. So don't hold on to it. Be generous. Give it away. Let's just stand for a moment as we wait for the children to come in. And let's just ask God now by his spirit. If we're challenged that we're holding on to something that God's saying, let it go. Let the Holy Spirit speak into you now. So just close your eyes and say, Lord, we open our hands to receive, but I want you today to open your hands to give. And say to the Lord, what is it that you want me to give away with generosity? And then I want you to, do you want to laugh with me? Because God loves it when we give away generously. The Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. He says, actually, he loves an hilarious giver. So shall we just give a laugh offering to God this morning? (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us. We want to give back to you, Lord. We want to bless you, Lord. We want to bless the coastlands with all the stuff you've given us. We want to be generous, Lord don't we? And we want to do it with a smile on our face and a warm glow in our hearts. And all God's people said, Amen! Amen. Over to you, guys. 
Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside. <laughs>